It's been almost two years since a massive earthquake and tsunami that devastated northern Japan and caused one of the world's worst nuclear accidents. The reactor at Fukushima went into a triple meltdown, and radiation contaminated much of the surrounding area. The radiation risk persists, leaving people in the region in a constant state of anxiety and stress. One psychologist says suicide, depression, alcoholism, gambling, and domestic abuse are all up in the region. The stress has even created a new phenomenon— Genpatsu Rikon, or Atomic Divorce. Abigail Howarth has written extensively on these issues. She's just had a long piece published in the magazine of London's Observer newspaper, where she's a contributor. Uh, So, Abigail, right after the earthquake and tsunami in 2011, I was there two months later and saw families come together, united often by tragedy, whole communities bonded together. So how did the Fukushima region go from group survival to group division, divorce in many cases? Well, as one of the um, psychologists that I talked to in the region from the local university said, at the beginning, there was a kind of disaster honeymoon period when people came together to to help each other. And then gradually, as life has ostensibly gone back to normal, you know, the stresses have started to to come out. And things like the fear of, of radiation has really divided people and it's divided families. Give us, so, give, us an exa- uh, give us an example of a family you met and the kinds of issues they're struggling with. Well, I mean, their, their, their issues were, I mean, after, after the disaster happened, the, the woman that I interviewed was, she was only five weeks pregnant at the time. She'd only just discovered that she was pregnant. So, of course, she was terrified because, you know, the conventional wisdom is in some quarters that radiation is extremely damaging for unborn babies. So she went, but her husband was... Um, a postman, and he had worked there since he was 20 years old. So he felt that he couldn't leave and he couldn't desert his colleagues, which, um, you know, is, is very sort of much part of the culture there. So they had a big argument about that. She said, well, it's the most important thing that we're together and it doesn't matter about money. But, you know, he, he just couldn't leave. And so she went off by herself with their toddler and they were basically separated for about 18 months, although they did keep seeing each other. But it was very, very hard, and they just couldn't reach an agreement about it. So eventually she decided that, well, I'll move back and we'll just have to manage it. And she realized that when I met her earlier this month, you know, she, she realized well, you, you can't actually manage it. You know, it's very, very hard. And so, they, you know, they still have a lot of, of stresses in their life. But they're not divorced. No, they're not divorced. I mean, they've managed to keep it together, but it's it's been very, very hard for them. And I mean, in, in, in some cases, a lot of people, you know, they haven't actually got the paperwork to say they're divorced. They're just, they're just split up. Right. And uh, that's happened to a lot of families who are still in that situation and still in that kind of limbo and not really getting any support from the government. I mean, divorce, alcoholism, gambling, domestic abuse, certainly suicide, all signs of depression. Mm. I mean, did you get that sense from psychologists that you spoke with that depression is just kind of seeping across Fukushima? Yes. I mean, you know, in, in not a very obvious way, you know, I mean, the, the, the culture there is not really to express these things. I think things are quite repressed, but... Um, but definitely, you know, these sorts of things are, are starting to come out and there is a lack of psychological help. You know, the psychologist I spoke to said she was basically overwhelmed. You know, she was working a lot with children who also needed an enormous amount of, of counselling. And there's no, there's no dedicated marital counselling, for example. So, um, people so these people just, have nowhere to go to, to speak to anybody? 
Um, well, they, they can find somebody, but, um, you know, there's very few dedicated centres for them. And also, it's, it's still a little bit shameful, you know, to, to do that. And there is this kind of taboo against complaining and, you know, expressing your fears about radiation. And so people feel very isolated and very on their own. You, you also write about people from the Fukushima area facing discrimination. Uh, explain why and give us a few examples. I think that really does go back to, you know, the atomic bombings and Hiroshima and, and Nagasaki. And uh, the people after that suffered discrimination with marriage, with jobs. And there was this fear that they were kind of tainted by radiation. And um, that ignorance still exists. For example, um, one <clears throat> woman who, who runs a service offering full body scans to people who want to check their radiation levels, she, she told me about this couple who... Their daughter was in Tokyo and they wanted to go and visit her because she just had a baby. But the hospital said to the, to the new mother, please don't invite your parents because, uh, you know, you better to be safe than sorry. And um, so this couple had turned up at the centre to have full body scans because they, you know, they were worried. And they said, uh, you know, the, the father said, I, I want to know if I can hold my grandchild in my arms. So, you know, it's very... <laughs> A heartbreaking situation for people. And that's a hospital, you know, saying that the parents are contaminated or possibly contaminated. Abigail Howarth, contributor to the magazine of London's Observer newspaper. Thank you. Thanks very much.